0: welcome to victory gp we're excited you've joined us and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message this morning we're going to be speaking about the strategy in breakthrough strategy in breakthrough and it's important that we pause in days like this and we talk strategy because um, as we're sitting amongst you know, one another in this room today, we all come from different places, we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from different points of connection within the house, and uh, when there is a corporate blessing, there's a corporate breakthrough, it's important that we all connect on to it personally at the place that we're at. And so for those who maybe haven't been feeling like, you know, I, this is very exciting, but it's not really my thing, um, if you're here today, there's a reason. There's something of a breakthrough that God wants to release in your life. If you're part of this family, there's something that God wants to release in your life. There's something of breakthrough that it is worth connecting onto, grabbing onto, and it's this thing that happens, you know, when uh, when breakthrough or or any other major um, development is in an atmosphere, in a place, when God is moving in a certain way. The sooner we recognize it and come into agreement with it, the sooner we experience it personally. So when we just sit back and go, well, that's nice. You know, it's it's hard for God to connect that with our hearts. But when we go, okay, I can see that God is moving and I want to partner with that. Something wonderful happens. And so we... Uh, We all say that we want to live in an atmosphere of breakthrough. I think we would all say that. We want to live in an atmosphere of breakthrough. But sometimes we don't want to necessarily do what it takes to experience the fullness of that. Because the reality is there is a strategy to living in breakthrough. It's not just riding it out. It is agreeing with what God is doing and partnering with him in that way. It's kind of like, um, you know, the, the lottery is an interesting mindset. The lottery is something that some people would consider a breakthrough, obviously not a kingdom thing, but it's the idea where people can go from one state of being to another overnight, right? Something happens. Do you know the stats on that? Some of us have heard this before, but uh, lottery winners are far more likely to declare bankruptcy than any other gathering in society. (laughs) Within three to five years, Um, 70% of lottery winners end up broke and one third of those will declare bankruptcy. Isn't that something? So we can win the lottery and not see a change, not experience a change, if we don't live the strategies of what's supposed to be happening on the other side of it, if we don't live in the fullness of God's plan. And so uh, these kind of things, they they blame it on stuff like lavish spending, um, oversharing with people around you, and you know, stuff just gets drained out, uh, surprisingly high taxes that nobody counted on, uh, poor habits, and poor relationships with money. So when we're talking about a God breakthrough, we want to make sure that we don't live in last year's program in today's breakthrough, right? We can't put last year's strategies into play in today's situation. And so where, where God has done something big, and this is just a sign of it that we're experiencing today, there is something more that we need to step into and walk out. There's something more of his presence that we need to lay hold of. So a breakthrough, by definition, is um, it's something that uh, medically, technology, relationally, something like that, marks a new state of being. It is a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. So something, it marks a new state of being. So it's like when we have a breakthrough in the medical community, once we discover something, we're never going back from that. Like, now we know it. Now this is our new uh, starting point. Once we have a, an understanding, you know, when scientists get so excited because they've discovered a new star or a new whatever, it changes the measurement from which they look at moving forward now we know something we didn't know before when they learn something new about how physics works or whatever then after that they move out into something that they didn't know before and so when we have a breakthrough it should change how we perceive life around us from here on out um, so again some might not this morning you might not be connected to there's a you know there's a mortgage breakthrough there's a financial breakthrough maybe you're not personally connected to that but what I want you to hear is the atmosphere of breakthrough yeah. Yeah. the spirit of breakthrough God is a breakthrough God and when God is moving in the area of breakthrough we want to acknowledge it and partner with it um, this was the the word the phrase that first came up when we were in our board meeting and it was like this is this is where we're at this is what has happened was not this is a this is an atmosphere of debt cancellation it was this is an atmosphere of breakthrough this is, a, this is an atmosphere of breakthrough. And immediately, the next day, uh, stuff started happening in people's lives. Um, Pastor George and Tina were waiting on a miracle. It's been a year in the coming. Next morning, they got notified about it. I have people texting me about their own personal mortgages, things stopped breaking loose in the last couple of days without knowing that anything else is going on. Breakthrough of mental clutter, breakthrough of like I'm in the valley of indecision and I don't know what to do, and suddenly I know what to do. A breakthrough to just step into these places. So this is what we have partnered with, which is amazing. Um, this is uh, um, symbolically a sound. And so this morning, we just, we just finished singing Hosanna, which is the story of the triumphal entry. And we're just going to go there real quick this morning again. Uh, Cora already read part of it, but Luke 19, I want you to see what it looks like for a shift to happen Luke 19 is the story of Jesus obviously entering into Jerusalem. Prior to this time, prior to this time, he was a mystery to a lot of people. He was a good man. He was a miracle worker. Uh, People thought that he was, you know, possibly the Messiah. There was debate about it. Other people thought he was totally of the devil. Like there was some, these things that were going on. And Jesus very, you know, vaguely answered questions. It was hit and miss depending on who was asking and the authenticity with which they asked whether he was going to tell them much or not. But when, um, when the answer came, it came starting with this moment where he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. Something is shifting. There's like, there's clearly a power over death. And now Jesus comes riding in and he's in this position of... Um, answering a prophecy that has been hanging in the air for years and years and years. And so starting at verse 28 of Luke 19, it says, When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethphage, that Beth, uh, Bethany, at the mountain of, uh, called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And he said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus. They threw their own clothes on the colt, and they sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, when the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. So there was a sound that was coming up. There's a sound that something is changing. There's a sound that something's something's new, something that wasn't here yesterday. There's a sound that it's happening here. And it says, they were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, these stones would immediately cry out. It means that there's a sound that was assigned to God's sovereign plan and God's sovereign timetable. There was a sound that had to be released no matter what. There was a, there was a notification, if you will. There was a notification that went out into the atmosphere that God is on the move. That something is changing. It's never going to go back the way it was before because this is being announced. And so if the people had been silent, there would have been a sound no matter what. I believe that this is what the sound of breakthrough is. For us this morning, it's a very tangible sound. There's something that has happened that is noteworthy, but it's a sound that God is breaking through. And so what it's looking like, it's looking like revivals all over the place. It's looking like people coming to the to Christ for the first time in their lives. It's looking like prodigals coming home. It's looking like businesses developing. It's looking like new inventions. It's looking like, like liberty and freedom from debt and bondage. It's looking like healing of marriages it is a breakthrough time where God is moving and we have an obligation to partner with him and move to we can't say same old same old we can't say it's the same atmosphere as it's been for the last 10 15 20 50 years today is a new day in this house it's a new day but this season that we've we've engaged God is moving it is a spirit and atmosphere of breakthrough and we need to partner with it does that make sense So, the the sound indicates to the seen realm what is going on in the unseen realm. Mm -hmm. Right? The sound indicates to the seen realm what is going on in the unseen realm. There is a shift that is happening. So today, as we just dig out some of the strategies, we're going to go through 1 Chronicles 14 and kind of go through it verse by verse for a little bit here, which is one of these moments where there's a specific kingdom sound that gets released. And I know if you're maybe new to, to God things or spiritual things, um, this might sound weird to you, but we all know that the supernatural is more real than the natural, right? Yep. It's like there's a real thing that happens in the invisible because God is functioning there, but there's also an enemy that's functioning there. There's, there's stuff that is going on that we can't see. We see evidences of it in the natural, but there's something beyond that that is happening happening. And so when we can understand that, when we can partner with what God is doing and we engage, we listen to the sound in the natural that tells us that something's happening in the supernatural, we experience supernatural results in the natural. Does that make sense? We put a draw, we partner with what God is doing and we live in the light with him. And so this this passage, uh, starting in um, Chapter 14, we're going to start at verse 8. We're going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to go back and pick it apart verse by verse. But it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's in two uh, places in the Bible. It's also in 2 Samuel. And so we, we know that this is a documentation of something that actually happened. So it says, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. Then the Philistines went out and made raid on the valley of Rephim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore they called the name of that place Perizim. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. The gods that were left there. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God and God said to him, You shall not go up after them. Circle around them and come up upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines." So David did as God commanded him, and they drove back, uh, back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gezer. Then the fame of David went out into all lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. It's a tremendous story. It's this, this thing where David is having this victory moment, and suddenly the enemy breaks loose. Anybody had that that situation where you've stepped out in something that you feel God has called you to do and suddenly it feels like literally all hell broke loose and you're like wow like I either took a serious wrong turn here or something is up and I need to get a God answer for it and this is David's situation he has had this moment where he's just been anointed and suddenly The enemy comes up against him. And one of the things that we need to acknowledge is that sometimes that is the case. And the enemy looks to um, intimidate us and push us back from the line of victory. Push us back from the very thing we should be stepping into. So that might be something that, you know, some of us this morning, that's the thing you needed to hear. Just because you stepped out and there's pushback does not mean you let it go. It means you find God's strategy to move forward. So if there's something, if there's something that it feels like, oh my goodness, we stepped into this and it is like a nightmare, get in the face of God and find out what to do about it. Because this is exactly what David does. He goes in and he's, he's, uh, he finds out what God has to say because the enemy, literally it says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed, wow, when, when the, I mean, some of us are like, we just, we just want to know what God's got for us. We just want to know God's plan for our lives. We just want to know what he's leading us into. And then we hear it, and then it goes crazy after that. We need to be prepared that sometimes it's, the enemy is waiting for that declaration, and then it's on. So when that happens, we stay close to the one who has anointed us. Uh, the literally, Murray Ledger has a quote on this that I, I enjoy. It says, the anointing is literally God doing on flesh what flesh can't do. The anointing is literally God doing on flesh what flesh can't do. It is the presence of God operating on us, in us, through us for his purposes and his glory. So when we've been anointed to do something by God, it's not on us. It's not like, what am I capable of? What am I good at? What is my skill set? It's if God told me to do it, I'm doing it. If God told me to do it, I am not going to back down. I'm going to press in. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to finish the race. I'm going where God's called me to be. Isaiah 10:27 tells us that the anointing breaks the yoke. So this is why the enemy hates the anointing, because the anointing breaks the bondage. So whatever thing, whatever God has assigned you to, whatever place of freedom, you know, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me, right? To preach the gospel, to set at liberty those in captivity, to speak uh, healing, to, to speak life, to speak recovery of sight to the blind. There's things that we've been called to do. And the enemy of our souls, the one who keeps this world in bondage, hates that hates that so when the anointing is seen the anointing gets challenged but the anointing breaks the yoke and so we step out with god and we go you know what it wasn't me in the first place anyway god i'm with you show me how to do this what is it you're in who 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 is it that you have called me to be what is it you've asked me to do i'm doing it with you because the anointing of god on my life is going to bring freedom to the captives there's something of his presence on me that brings life Right? This is, this is what the enemy opposes. And so David is anointed as king and suddenly the Philistines rise up against him. And so David goes into this place and it says in verse, um, verse 10, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? He didn't just assume. It was like, okay, if I've been anointed to do this, then it's the anointing that's actually carrying this. And I can't afford to step out of the anointing. So in the anointing, God, what are you What are you anointing? What are you greasing the wheels on? What is it you are prepared to do? If I go up, are you gonna give us the victory? And God answers them and he says, yeah, I will go up for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Belperazim and David defeated them there. God has broken through my enemies by my hand. God has done it. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. And so they called that place Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim literally means master of breakthroughs. Master of breakthroughs. They called that place where they had to do battle and enforce the victory... The master of breakthroughs this is where God shows up God is the master of breakthroughs when he's moving we want to move with him when he's doing something we want to do something with him when he goes we want to go with him and I love this David experiences this freedom he experiences this breakthrough names the place accordingly and this is his reality but then it goes on and it says, therefore they called the name of the place Baal verse 12. And when they had left their gods there, David gave commandment, and they were burned with fire. So the enemy gods, the idols, the things that had been defeated, got destroyed. David put the mark of God on, and he was like, no, that has no place here. So you would think, yay, breakthrough once and for all, it's going to be easy. Verse 13, then the Philistines once again made raid on the valley fantastic. Literally, the valley that they're in, the name of it is the Valley of Giants. So the enemy comes back in the Valley of Giants, and he's like, oh, it's on. We, we're not going to let you get away with this. Sometimes we have a victory, and we let the guard down. It's like, oh, we, we got through. This is awesome. The end. no. Now is when it really begins. And this is what we need to understand. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, the sound comes out. Something is changing. Now we know who he is. It was the beginning of a brand new thing. What had been changed on that day, and Jesus began the process of going through the passion and coming to the place of death so that he could rise again, so he could conquer sin and death once and for all. It, the, the victory sound that was released wasn't the end of the story. Yeah. It was the marker of the beginning of the story. And so when we have these breakthroughs in our lives, we have to go, okay, God, now from here, what do I do? For us today, as we're gathered in this place and there's been a massive breakthrough, we now don't go, this is awesome. Now we can just relax. We're just going to, you know, we got just money for whatever. We can just chill out. No. Nope. It's now we're no longer bound by debt, so what are we loose to do? What are we free to do? Where can we go? What's the multiplication that's in front of us? It's the beginning of something new. In your life, if you've had a breakthrough in your marriage or whatever, and the breakthrough is you're no longer trying to kill each other every day, that's awesome. But don't settle for that because the enemy will come back into that place and he'll show up with the giants and he will challenge you for the victory he'll challenge the victory so we come back in that place and we go okay God we need your strategies not only to maintain the victory but what is ahead of us from here what's the better thing that you've called us to what is in front of us so four quick strategy points that we see in King David's story here number one inquire number two listen number three acknowledge number four obey we'll just leave those up for a minute King David did not just go, oh my goodness, I thought we were done with these guys. That's it. Let's just back off. We'll just stay out of that territory then. We'll just like focus over here because that's too hard. That's too difficult. We don't want to go there. Nope. He pauses and he goes into dialogue with God. He's had a victory. He knows that he's the master of the breakthrough. And the master of the breakthrough is worth pursuing. Inquire, listen, acknowledge, and obey. So number one, inquire. The Philistines raise up again in this valley. Verse 14, therefore David inquired again of God. And God said to him, you shall not go up after them. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. But last time, but last time you told us to go up. You told us to go straight up and go after them and you'd give us the victory. Yep, that was last time. See, one of the greatest risks in spiritual warfare is trusting the old victories for tomorrow's victory. The old methods, the old plans. I did this before and it worked. What we have to understand is the adversary of our souls is not an idiot. He sees what worked last time and there are often different methods, different attack points that we didn't see coming. And so every time we face, we're moving into new territory, God, what's the strategy this time? The previous victories don't give us a template. They give us a confidence in the God who is the victory. It's the the who, not the how. The who is God. We, We get confidence. We are built up in knowing there is nothing impossible for our God. We know he's done it before. He can do it again. But how he might choose to do it again might be totally different. I remember when Wayne and I were really pursuing some financial... Um, victories and believing God for it. And we'd heard so many stories of people who just, like, people would just show up with money at their houses or their businesses or whatever and just, you know, pay off debts or whatever. So we would, in the middle of our deep, like, God, we're trusting you. I mean, we made, I don't know how many trips to the mailbox on the front of the house. Is there an angel check? <laughs> is, there, is there angel check? Any, anything, any possibility that somebody has done this? because that's what we had seen or heard from other people. But God provides in all sorts of ways. His provision is, he doesn't like just have to follow a pattern. What he's done before, the release, the freedom, that he will do again. How he does it it, is completely creative. Look around you this morning. Look at the faces of the people that are sitting immediately around you. They're awesome, aren't they beautiful faces? Does anybody see somebody who looks exactly like them? Anybody's like, there is my missing twin. I had no idea you were here today. The creativity of God, even in humanity, he makes us all, you know, in his image, but look how many images there are. Look how many ways we can look like him. The physical stuff, the methods of it, It's not the big deal. It's the fact that we carry the breath of God on the inside of us. That's the part that we notice about life and about identity, right? And so when we're talking about breakthrough, the thing that we're looking for is not the methods. We're looking for the master of the breakthrough. And so David came and he inquired of the Lord. So this is my encouragement to all of us today. In an atmosphere of breakthrough, don't assume you know what to do. Take some time to inquire of the Lord. God, what do we do? How do we go there? Number two, listen then. Therefore David inquired again of God and God said to him, you shall not go up after them, circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So listen. When we ask, God, I just thank you. I believe that this is an atmosphere of breakthrough and I'm partnering with you in this. God, I want to just be where you are are moving. And so God, I'm just asking you to show me what it is I need to do. I thank you for strategies from heaven. Specific instructions in it. And this is what we want to do. We need to know the strategy, but we will only hear it from the one who is the strategy maker. The one who is the master of breakthroughs. Number three, then acknowledge, listen for the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, and then you shall go out for battle, for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Listen for the sound of marching in the treetops. Rabbis used to teach it this way, that this was the sound of the army of God coming into position. This makes sense to me there was a specific sound. He meant a tangible, actual sound. Like, listen, some translations even say the sound of wind in the tops of the trees. No, it is the sound of marching in the tops of the trees. There is a sound of something spiritual that is happening, and God says, then you will know that God has gone out before you. And so this is typical Um, 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17 talks about the story of a city that was surrounded by an enemy army. You guys maybe remember this one. And it's like the end of the end. And Elisha's there and his servant comes up to him and he's like, we're all going to die. And Elisha uh, speaks to him. Do we have that one there? Yeah. Elisha speaks to him. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Isn't this an incredible story? This is not a fairy tale. This actually happened. And there's people even in this room who you've got really clear prophetic uh, sight in the spirit. God's given you that. There's measures of discernment in the spirit. Some people see and experience more in that dimension than others, but it doesn't mean it's not real. So, what happens is there's this panic, there's this enemy that has come against them, and Elisha's not worried at all. He's like, We got this. Why aren't you freaking out? Well, God's here. What do you mean, God's here? Open his eyes and let him see. And he sees this angelic army. Do you know there is stuff, when we're walking with God, when God calls us out, he calls us into action. He invites us into partnering with him in a breakthrough. You're going to be so tempted to look on the temporary. You're going to be so tempted to look on the circumstances. But God's like, you've got to get your your head in the right space. You've got to be looking on things above. You've got to be seeing what I see. And in this particular case, there is an angel army that comes and goes out in front of David and his men. And there is a victory on the other side of it, which is incredible. He is literally, God tells David, listen for the sound. When you hear the sound, then you should go up for battle. What I want to just say uh, amongst us today is what what you've heard today is a sound. Some of us have been waiting. Some of us have known something is coming. Some of us have known there's a move that needs to happen. And today there is a sound. I am challenging you to get in God's face and find out what the movement in your life looks like on the other side of this. Where are you supposed to go? What are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to function? Literally, when it says go up um, after them, you should go after them. When we read it in 2 Samuel's version, it says advance quickly. And the King James of that version says bestir yourself. It's a strange word. Bestir yourself. But literally what this means is, bestir means decide, decree, determine, be decisive, and take action. Isn't that good? When you hear the sound, when there's a sound of breakthrough, you decide, you decree, you determine, you be decisive, and you take action. When there's a sound, it's not time to sit back. It's time to move. And so at whatever places we're at personally today, whether it's you don't actually know where to go from here, then you need to get in God's presence and ask. Seek him. Inquire of him. Listen for his answer. Listen for what he gives as a strategy. Acknowledge the sound. Charles Spurgeon says, when we see some sign of God's Holy Spirit being in motion or some other signs, these are the seasons when we ought to be more than ever active and more than ever earnest in the service of our master. I love that. Isn't that great? That, that breakdown. These are the, the signs that there are seasons when we ought to be more than ever active, more than ever, Ernest. What he was talking about in specific was the revival that they were experiencing at that time. That when God is moving, we should be moving with him. Yeah. So we don't sit and go, well, isn't that nice? People, are, people seem to be hungry for God places around, out there, somewhere. So good. So nice that that's happening. No, bestir yourself decide to take action. It means that those things that you have been waiting on, those people that you've been praying for, maybe this is the time to step out and share Jesus with them. Maybe this is the time to call somebody back into fellowship. Maybe this is the time to reach out, whatever it is. But we bestir ourselves to action. We do not lose days, weeks, months, years in passivity. We move because he's moving. We go because he's going. David Guzik says it this way, when we see God working, we must stir ourselves and advance quickly to follow his victory. When we find the flow in the spirit of God, we should jump in. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. It's literally God's moving. So we partner with him. that That's a daily thing. It's not just what happens here on Sundays. It means from day to day in our own homes. God, I thank you that you're on the move. I thank you that there is a spirit of breakthrough, that you are the master of breakthroughs. And we are partnering with this in our house. We're partnering with it in our marriage. We're partnering with it in our parenting. We're partnering with it in our finances. We're partnering with it in the call that you've got upon our lives. We're partnering with it in every relationship that we have, every conversation that we engage. We thank you that you've invited us to be part of your kingdom plan. And so we go out and we share the good news we thank you that you are master of the breakthrough yeah. and we partner with you God we come into agreement with you we move with you and it really from that standpoint doesn't matter what normal society's success looks like yeah. what is his well done for your life what is his strategy, his his plan and purpose for your life? We have these markers in culture that we say this is a successful person, this is a successful business, this is a su- successful financial situation, successful marriage, whatever. What does it look like in God's eyes for you personally? What does it look like for His life to be manifested through you in triumph, in victory? in breakthrough. Some of us today, I, I believe there's just been this, like, we've been overcome almost by the fact that, firstly, there was maybe an attack as soon as we felt like the anointing of God rested upon us and God calls to do something. And here was the attack that came back. Ah! Maybe you got through that and you experienced the breakthrough. And then the, the second wave comes in and it's almost debilitating. Like, what on earth? How, how did they come back? In the Valley of Giants, these are the moments where we say, you know what? He prepares a table for me, a banquet in the presence of my enemies. So it doesn't really matter that we're in the Valley of Giants. We're sitting here with the master of the breakthrough. Master of the universe, Lord of all, King of kings. We're sitting here with the one who fashioned the entire earth, holds us together by the power of his word. We will not be intimidated out of the call of God upon our lives. We will not be intimidated into the shadows. We will not be intimidated into shrinking back. But when there's a move, a breakthrough, we partner with it. We stir ourselves up and we begin to move forward. Telling you what, come on you guys. God has some breakthroughs for your life that he is planning on releasing. There are some things that you have begun to step into, and there is more. It is time to dream again. It is time to dream again. It is not about survival. It is about moving with God as he is moving. And as a church, as a family, we have just passed level one. Something new is ahead of us now that we get to step into that is about, I believe, advancing in this city, sharing the good news, being a blessing, moving uh, and carrying the love of God into the places that desperately need it, being the people who take Jesus where he needs to be. Right? That place where we go in, we're not intimidated, we're not overwhelmed, and we're not shrunken back by our own obsessions. We're living in the breakthrough of God. We've asked him to see what he sees, to hear what he's saying, to move with him. We want to move. We want to experience a move of God like we can't even possibly imagine. He is the God who does exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or think. And we want to walk with him to see what he's got planned. We don't want to hold him back to our boundary lines. We don't want to hold him back to our limited expectations. God, what do you want to do? Is it possible for our city to shift in, into being a God-centered city? Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. I believe it. I believe it. Right now, it's not looking great on the outside. Right now, I mean, we've got some crime issues. We've got some mental health issues. We've got some brokenness issues. We've got some poverty issues. We've got some stuff that can all be answered by the living God. So what if God breaks out in Grand Prairie, Alberta, the place that nobody thinks they want to be, but nobody seems to be able to leave once they get here? (laughs) Just saying. Some of you came here 12, 15, 20 years ago because you were coming for 15 months and you're still here. God's placed you here now for his purposes. And we don't want to have, like, we're not after a successful church. We're after the advancing of the gospel. We're, we're looking at what Jesus told us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We actually carry hope. We carry life, we carry love, we carry purpose. We can see people with the eyes that God gives us to see and see past the brokenness to the treasure that God's placed on the inside and call them out. That's, that is a pleasure. David actually got to experience what God had planned after he went into the, to see the enemy and deal with them. And so verse or number four, obey. So David did as God commanded him and they drove back the army of the Philistines. And then it says in verse 17, then the fame of David went out into all lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. In other words, what happened when they got to the end of this battle phase and there was a there was a solid breakthrough, David David's position in the in the area around shifted. A breakthrough meant it was a new season. It was a new way of being, new way of seeing things, right? David suddenly was one to be reckoned with. And we see as we go on that he actually... This is when they started like building up cities. They started building up houses. They started expanding the kingdom. Uh, The Ark of the Covenant gets brought in. There's all this good stuff that begins to happen. It means that when David went and had this battle, when the breakthrough happened, it wasn't the end. Yay, we've had breakthrough. It was the the beginning of a building season. It was the beginning of an expansion season. It was the beginning of God's dream for David's life. I believe even today, we are at this point, even for this church, that we are not at the end of a mortgage project, we're at the beginning of an expansion project, right? For your life, wherever you're at in this breakthrough journey, I would challenge you today to, in whatever way, partner with what God is doing, this spirit of breakthrough, and maybe if I can have the worship team come, and we're going to we're just going to sing a declaration again. Cora, if we can do that, graves into gardens. This is the transition-y thing that happens. What has maybe appeared dead in your life up until now? I believe God's breathing something fresh and new for you. Where you've been overwhelmed and dismayed because there's been an attack against the vision, an attack against the anointing on your life, I believe God is saying, you know what? Game on. (laughs) This is nothing. What the enemy is coming up against is me and you, and I can fight my battles. We have to listen for the strategies of heaven, that call into the place where he gives us the ideas, the timing. We wait, we listen, we move. There's the stuff that we have to partner with so that when there is a breakthrough, we don't lose it. We don't become like the lottery winners that are like, yes, it's awesome. I don't change anything. So now I'm back where I started or worse, right? There's been a breakthrough of addiction. There's been a breakthrough of mental health. There's been a breakthrough of finance. You cannot live the life you were living before the breakthrough happened. Something has to change. God has to show you how to live in the breakthrough. If there's been a, a financial breakthrough, you cannot live in the way you've been. There's gonna be financial strategies moving forward so that there's increase on the other side. It's not just about leveling, it's about increase and breakthrough on the other side. Health-wise, if there's been a a healing, there's been a breakthrough, then don't go back to living the way you were. If there's been something that God's changed, the new strategy moving forward is living in abundant life, abundant health. We wanna make sure that we follow through the whole plan. That we wait until we see final defeat. That we are living and walking in breakthrough and that we experience, like King David did, the beginning of a building phase, the beginning of an expansion phase. So would you stand with me this morning? It's about to be fun, huh? I mean, it's been fun already, but this is next level breakthrough 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 God we thank you today we thank you today we thank you today that you are God of the impossible and you are master of the breakthrough you are master of the breakthrough God I speak today that's that breakthrough anointing over your people and Lord we ask we inquire of you today the strategies moving forward corporately personally as family you have purposed for our lives, God, and we thank you, Lord, that it's always going to be exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask, think, or imagine. So Lord, we ask you today to grace us to not think small, but God, we would get our eyes on you, that we would see what you see, that we would gain your perspective, and Lord, I thank you for radical breakthroughs in the lives of your people, even today, and we give you the praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give, just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP, reach, teach, mobilize.